Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The 76th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber, front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett. Says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May! It's over! Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews. Off the mark, and this year the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys tonight. It's our third podcast of the day. We did an earlier edition of the Four Corners Podcast Recording an edition of the Heel Tough Blog podcast. We are still hunkered and bunkered down at our studios here at Sports Radio FNZ in Charlotte. And I got to work through some pain as my Dallas Cowboys season came to a close in heartbreaking fashion. Yes. 23-17 to to the Niners earlier this afternoon. But uh, we're back to get you ready for a big game for Carolina-Miami. Tuesday night, 7 o'clock down in Coral's Gables, Florida. We're going to get you up to speed on the Hurricanes, update you on some stats for Carolina, get to some keys to the game, and pick the game. But before we do all of that, we start every preview edition of the podcast, as we always do, with the pod thought of the day. And this has been reserved usually for basketball people only. And we've only used basketball people only so far this year, but we've gone outside the Carolina family. We've used Jim Valvano. Um, at one point back for Jimmy V week. Well, tomorrow is MLK Day. Um, it's a holiday. So I thought it was a great time to observe him and honor him with our pod thought of the day. And the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. And uh, one of the things that matter is, is Carolina winning basketball games and They've got a real big one this this Tuesday night against Miami. This is this is going to be a big test for Carolina, who's looking for that first signature win on the road this season. They they they've got the win at College of Charleston, but that's a Group of Five school. You've got a road win at Boston College, and Boston College, frankly, isn't a good basketball team. You lost at at Notre Dame, and look, Notre Dame's ten and six. They're they've they're four and two in the league. Not a bad loss by any means, but the way you played was disappointing and a chance to really get a, a, a solid win 
on the road when you're shorthanded. Miami enters with the 13 and 4 record overall. They'd won nine straight games for losing their last outing by one to Florida State. In that nine-game winning streak, they had a win at number two, Duke. They sit atop the ACC standings, which I know it's really early, but this is a chance for Carolina to play for first place in the conference and put themselves in position to win a conference championship, which is one of the which was one of their goals entering the season. The reason behind Miami's success, first off. Jim is a really good coach. Um, I've said it on this podcast since it was the Roy's Boys podcast, and I'm going to carry it over in now. Now that we're the four corners, and this is the first time previewing the game against Miami as the four corners. He's not the most underrated coach in the ACC or in the Power Five level. He's the most underrated coach in college basketball. That program, before he got there, was in shambles following Frank Haith, and some of the off the court stuff you were they were doing, and they were able he was able to make Miami basketball relevant again. And you had stars showing up to watch them play, like when LeBron and D Wade and Chris Bosh were playing on the Miami Heat. They've been legitimate seeds in in the NCAA tournament. They've made the Sweet Sixteen, and they've competed as as well as anybody has against Duke and Carolina over the years. And it's frankly because he's a he's a great coach. He engineered George Mason's run to the Final Four. And of course, on the way, they clipped Carolina on, on, on their way to that magical run that, that year in the NCAA tournament. But this year, he's got what he usually has to have to have one of his better type of teams. He's got guards, and these guards are legitimate dudes. I've talked all year long when we've talked about Miami in passing about Isaiah Wong, but he's not even their leading scorer. Yep. That's Cameron McGusty at 18 points per game. He also gets six rebounds per game. Then you add Isaiah Wong. A guy who is as good a shot maker there is in the league. He's second on the team in scoring at 15.9 points per game. Then you add in Charlie Moore. A, a, I think he's a third-time transfer now because he was either at Kansas and then went to Cal or went from Cal to Kansas, now to Miami. They've got experience in that backcourt, and that's with Chris Likes transferring to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. He could have been on this team as well, and we've seen the fits he's given Carolina when he was in a Miami uniform. This is going to be a big challenge for Carolina on the road in an arena where they have some demons. And sometimes they have gone down there and they've gotten blown out. The year they won the title in 17, got embarrassed. Marcus Page's freshman year, they literally got ran out of the gym. Miami was dunking and running into the tunnel. It got so bad at one point. This is going to be maybe the first legitimate real road challenge for Hubert Davis as a coach in the ACC. Well, I mean, I think that was probably Notre Dame, but unfortunately, you did not live up to the expectations that you needed to in that game. And this game should scare you a little bit because this team can shoot the lights out. They are a very good shooting team. Probably the best that you're going to run into this season until you get to Duke. They they might even be better overall. I mean, they shoot 47.2%. That's 50th in the country. Mm. That's pretty good. And they do it at both levels. They can shoot it inside inside the arc. They can shoot it from outside the arc. And, yeah, I, I, I mean, Wong is the guy that we've talked the most about, and rightfully so because, you know, last year he was the guy that was clearly their best player. Remember, Likes was out for the year with an injury, and he was the guy that stepped up and made them somewhat relevant even though they didn't make the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. 
Now they got Cameron Mugusky, M- Mugusty, who is taking a huge step forward. As you said, leads the team in scoring. I mean, when you talk about first team all ACC. He's got to be in that conversation. He's got to be right there. Yep. I mean, he's having a heck of a year. And you said he he can do it on the glass as well. And then Charlie Moore, that's their best three-point shooter. He, aver- he shoots 41% from the outside. So they've got a couple of different guys that can affect you. And, you know, yeah, th- this is a tough matchup because I think this team – in the in terms of the way, especially the way they play offensively, mm-hmm. this is a team that resembles Notre Dame a lot. All of their guys have range and can shoot the ball. So Carolina's got to be careful in this game not to have the same sort of issues that they had against the Irish. And part of that is do not go back to switching every ball screen. You haven't the last two games. It's worked out well for you. Against a team that can stretch you out with five guys on the floor, don't now go back to trying to switch everything. You need to keep doing what you've been doing because it's been working. Yeah, the the thing that's really going to be the key for Carolina and, and what's going to favor Miami is how long they've been around. They're not going to be phased by the moment. The reason why I said this is the first legitimate test, maybe for Hubert Davis, you're at full strength. Mm-hmm. In a place where first place is on the line, and, and the real and the That's other good point. Thing, the other thing is, is Carolina's twelve and four. They're four and one in league play. Those aren't bad numbers. They're not great. They're not bad. You don't got a quad one win on your resume. Yeah, this is a chance for really both teams to get mm-hmm. a quad one win, and and one of your only chances outside of Duke, maybe your only chance, to be honest with you. So yeah, yeah I mean, so there's there's a lot there's a lot of income. You know, early implications that go into this game because first place right now is on the line, and you've got to start building some sort of resume. We're going to update you on Carolina's bracket standings a little bit later in the week, but you check about right now, they're coming in at that 7 8 9 slot. Yeah, I saw a seven seed, like 94% to make the tournament. That was from teamrankings.com. Mm-hmm. So, not bad. The, the problem but- is, is that we saw that. What happened to that to you last year? First mm-hmm. off, you need to get out of the first round of the tournament. And if you're a seven, eight, nine seed, you're going to be facing a one or a two seed if you were to advance. And the chances of you making the type of tournament run we think you're capable of doing, they don't seem as likely having to face some of those topper teams in the country. So you've got to, you've had the chances to get these wins. You had the Purdue's, the Tennessee's, the Kentucky's. You didn't get it done. Okay. So you've got, but you've got to start finding a way because, okay, sweeping Duke doesn't seem. Like it's going to happen if we're just being brutally honest, and as it usually never does. Usually, when it's a sweep for either way, you're you're surprised because that rivalry has been so even. And outside of Duke and Miami, right now, as of today, there aren't many chances to get these types of wins unless Louisville keeps playing well, Wake Forest keeps playing well, Florida State Florida, continues to yeah. get themselves together. So you're you're at that, that you're having to put the ball in other teams' courts to give you a chance to outbid your resume. So you got to take advantage whenever you can. Mm-hmm. That's why this game's really important. As I mentioned, Carolina coming in with a 12 and 4 record overall, 4 and 1 in league play. Four players averaging double-figure scoring as Dawson Garcia's now below double-digit scoring average after last game. Armando Baycott now leads the team at 17.4 points per game. He's increased his point-per-game margin by almost 2.5 points in the last three weeks. 
So that that tells you what he's doing. Carolina sixth in the country in three point shooting, still at forty percent after shooting nine of twenty five the other night. Something we've mentioned a little bit before throughout the year, but it's still just a great stat. Carolina eighth in the country in defensive rebounding at thirty rebounds per game. So they've they've really kept that part up to par from Roy Williams to Hubert Davis. They've been a rate they've been a really great defensive rebounding team. They just haven't got to the offensive glass at times like we like we've grown accustomed over the last eighteen years. So we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna give you our keys to the game, dive a little bit more into the matchup, ultimately pick the game before we get out of this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. The NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking off things with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get a 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game, bet just $5, and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cast prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy co- Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars and total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. That stands for the Basketball Podcast Network and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN. This wild card weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Really hope you guys took great advantage of all these great offers, getting you ready for the NFL postseason. Hope you made some extra cash. Unless you bet on the Cowboys losing, then then I really hope you lost all your money. Yeah, I don't think anybody bets on them in the playoffs since the I 90s, wouldn't. okay? Um, but really hope you are taking great advantage of all of those great offers. All right, let's get back into our keys to the game for Carolina. This feels like an NCAA tournament game. And when I say that, what dictates how far you go in March? It's your guard play. Miami doesn't have a guy that can handle Armando Baycott. There aren't many teams in the ACC that have a guy that can handle Armando Baycott when he's playing at this level. Back-to-back 29-point double-doubles. First player since Tyler Hansborough to score 29 points or more in back-to-back games. As I mentioned before we took the break, he's in- increased his scoring average by over 2.5 points over the last three weeks. He's put himself in the running to be ACC Player of the Year, maybe even Naismith Player of the Year if Carolina can round into form and be a national contender once again. But ultimately, this game's going to come down to the backcourt. And which backcourt do you get for Carolina? You get good Caleb Love and you get good R.J. Davis? I feel really, really good about Carolina winning this game. If you get only one or the other, it's going to make it a little bit tougher to win the game. And if neither one of them show up, which is a possibility... Carolina can get blown out, but I'm not. It's as much as I'm worried about them being good offensively. It's it's defensively as well. They've got to be locked in because you can put Leaky Black on McGusty, Wong, or more, mm-hmm. but not all three of them. So you've got to have Love and R.J. Davis engaged defensively. And when they, and as I mentioned when we were recapping Georgia Tech, 
R.J. Davis's effort's never been the problem defensively. He's an undersized guard. It's more Caleb Love. When he is engaged defensively, and we've seen it at times this year, Virginia, he was very active. You go back to the Georgia Tech game, he was very active, I felt like. But then you look at that first half against Notre Dame, and it, heck, the guy admitted in the postgame, I took the first half off, and you, you saw the result. They've got to play big on both ends. of the, They're going to they're gonna have to make tough shots. They're going to have to fight through the physical toughness that Miami's going to bring. Because, look, Jim Laranega, he's from the Bronx. He's got that old-school New York toughness. So his teams embody that image. They're a tough basketball team. Like they're our gonna, guy Jerry V. They're going to play tough. So it's it's about matching that, exceeding that. But if Carolina doesn't compete defensively with this backcourt, as you mentioned, they can get hot and they can now shoot you. Mm-hmm. And they can shoot you out of the gym. They've got that type of capability. That's where I think this game's going to be won or lost. No, I agree with you. I think that's a great point because, I mean, you look at the three guards that they have, Carolina's got to be able to match them, and you're right. You know, Leakey is is probably, you would imagine, going to be on McGusty with the size, with the ability to rebound. That seems like the best matchup for him. Also, leading scorer. I think one thing that helps them, I think the game that they just played against Georgia Tech, pretty solid warm-up because mm-hmm. you had DeVoe, Star guard leading the team in scoring. Leaky got that tough matchup. And you had Usher. And and look, one of those three guys for Miami is going to have a good night. You would imagine. So, but the thing is, is look, if one of them has a good night, as long as you can take care of the other two, you're probably feeling confident about where you're at. This is not a team that's going to get a lot of inside scoring. That's an area where Carolina should be able to take advantage. So, yeah, you're right. It's about the guards, and yeah, on the defensive end, can they stay in front of the basketball? Because that's been a challenge for them at times this season. When they have, it's worked out well. And I know early in the season, and at times, you know, here recently in in some of those losses that we've talked about at length, Kentucky and, and Notre Dame, Carolina was slow at rotating. But we haven't really seen that when they've been able to stay in front of the ball here recently. So I feel confident that if they can if they can do that, then they're going to be in good shape. I want to see R.J. Davis have a really good game in this one because, to me, if there's any question of Caleb Love's effort level, pull him out and put Kerwin Walton in there. Because Kerwin, these last few games that he's been out there, of course he went through the health and safety protocols, when he's been out there, you can see that there is a conscious effort from him on the defensive end of the floor. And he's done a much better job of staying in front of the basketball, of contesting shots. So you need to have that option. I don't think that should be an issue for Caleb in this one because, I mean, honestly, outside of the Duke and State games, this is the biggest game of your ACC season. Because this is right now the team that most people probably look at and say, if it's not you that's the second best team in the ACC, it's Miami. Yeah. So you need to step up and play well in this game. And I I think he will. I think R.J. Davis will as well. Because as I talked about in the recap of the Georgia Tech game, five of the last six he's had double-digit points. I, I feel confident that they can match this group blow for blow. But this is going to be 
probably the toughest guard-for-guard matchup that they've had this season. Yeah, and right now we don't know the availability of Anthony Harris. This feels like a game where he could be an X-factor, where you bring that guy off the bench who brings you energy on both ends of the court. Mm -hmm. And I I think he's been a great stabilizer for times at Carolina offensively, where he just comes in, runs the offense, takes the shots when the shots are there for him to take, but usually the ball's going inside to Armando Baycott or Brady Manicuevers on the court at that time. But he also changes the game defensively because he he probably plays with the most attitude of any any Tar Heel we have on our team with defensively. But as I said, we don't know as of right now why if he'll be available because we don't know why he missed Saturday night's game. It never was confirmed or released. Very weird timing, too. On that released what hour before the game? Yeah, it was, dur- so, it was, during, it was during the pregame on the Tar Heel Sports Network. Very, so. yeah, very strange. So hopefully, I mean, and and again, it's it's definitely a serious situation. But hopefully, just late health and safety protocols or something like that. We hope it's not something more serious for him. But yeah, you as of right now, you're preparing as if you probably aren't going to have him for this game. I think I think the second key, which it, it wasn't here in the last preview edition, so it's got to make its return. It's rebounding. Here but we go. Here you we look, go. You look at the stats. Miami's not a great rebounding team. They only rebound the ball at thirty point nine rebounds per game. They give up thirty five point five rebounds per game. But Carolina averages just roughly over thirty nine rebounds per game. That's if you can get a ten, a plus ten margin in rebounding, and specific, and let's say you make that up for it in your offensive rebounds. In the last game, Carolina against Georgia Tech, eleven offensive rebounds, fifteen second chance points. That was big, and it was it helped Carolina blow the game open. Miami's not going to crash the offensive glass because they're going to set back and, and 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 set their defense. But if Carolina can get to that offensive glass and get points in in, in different ways. Because this game has shootout written all over it. Carolina's won nine straight games when they've given up 65 points or less, which is the second longest streak that's happened within the last 10 years. But both of these offenses are scoring the ball at a pretty high rate. Carolina averages 79 points per game. Miami averages 76 points per game. This feels like College of Charleston, Brown, waiting to happen. First one to 75-80 is most likely going to win the ball game. And Carolina needs to get diverse scoring in different ways because Miami is going to make it tough on them to get whatever they want in the half court. So I think it's about sending not not all five guys to the offensive glass because you do need to get back and, and, and play defense. But this is a game where when you got Brady and Mondo on the court, Mondo and Dawson on the court, or Dawson and, and Brady on the court, I want those two guys crashing the glass. And Leaky Black. This feels like a game where if Leaky Black gets you seven or eight sneaky good rebounds and three or four of them in the offensive glass, those are going to pay dividends. They're not a great rebounding team. They've never been a great rebounding team. And when Carolina's had their most fun success against Miami, it's been the fact that they've been able to pound them on the glass and, and really just affect their defense in that way. And they are starting to show that they're capable of doing that, especially with uh, with Armando Baycott taking the step that he's taken. And now this is a game where having Dawson Garcia back is huge. That, that That's big for you because as we thought he'd be able to do, he came off the bench for you the other day and he may have only had four points, but he had 11 rebounds, which helps pick you up because Brady Manick, that rebounding that we saw from him earlier in the season, mm-hmm. it's kind of disappeared a little bit. It has. So... 
that that was a concern that we had with them. But you're lucky that Dawson's kind of been able to pick it pick it up on that end for him. Miami, yeah, as you mentioned, not a good rebounding team. Even worse in conference play. They're averaging 27.7 rebounds per game in conference play. There's only one team that ranks lower than them in the conference. They're 14th out of 15th. So this feels like one of those games where if you want to dominate the glass, it's there to be had. And I think that's where Carolina can take their advantage. I've said it a couple times since that game. I think at Notre Dame... You had it working inside, and you went away from it. You can't do that in this game late unless you're you're having to shoot your way back into yeah. it. But if you're in a close game, you need to you need to feed it inside because this team is not going to be able to stop Armando Bacon inside. And yeah, I think so. This this is going to be one of those opportunities. Look, you shot the ball lights out from deep against Georgia Tech. Law of averages means there's a good chance you're not going to shoot that well again in this game. So you need to be able to crash that offensive glass and get those second chance points. Last key to the game is turnovers. Yes. Because Miami forces roughly 14 of them per game. 10.3 steals per game in conference, easily first in the ACC. And so they're aggressive. It's it's just all about, in this game, it's, it, it's you know, passing, yes, you got to make good passes, smart passes, whatever. You got to be tough with the ball because they're going to get up in your face. They're going to pick you up three-quarters court, half court. They'll full court you. And even if they don't, if they just pick you up in the half court, they're going to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. They're going to be lockstep with you, step for step. They're going to make you. They're going to bump you. Everything that you, everything that you're going to get in this game, you're going to earn. And look, Carolina won here a year ago in a game that they had to earn the win. That was the game where I believe it was Andrew Playtech who was the hero. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think you're right on that one. So you've got that confidence knowing that Caleb and RJ, they've been in this place before. But this is different. Miami wasn't a very good team last year. They're a year older. They've added a piece, and look where they are. They're the, right now, they're the best team in the ACC. This is going to be a good crowd for them. This is going to be a lively, energetic crowd for them. They're going to feed off of that energy, and usually that energy comes on the defensive end of the court. If Carolina protects the ball to the rate that I always ask them to, which is 12 turnovers, I think, I think you could still win the game that way. You have a 15-plus turnover type of night, I don't see I don't see a way unless your defense makes up for it that you win. Well, cuz here's the other thing. Not only is it important for Carolina to hang on to the basketball for their sake. The, Miami's not a team that turns the ball over a lot. 9.6 a game. So they take care of the basketball about as well as anybody that you're going to face this season. I mean that's that's 349th in terms of turnovers in the nation. Mm-hmm. So this is you have to value your possessions in this game. And the scary part about that is the only time that we've talked about that and Carolina's won a game like that was Virginia. They were not a good offensive team. This is a good offensive team. So this is one of those games where you have to realize that, you know, the other night, Caleb Love turned the ball over six times. Can't happen again. Yeah. You you got to step up. You got to play like a veteran. 
and you've got to have one of your better nights passing the basketball. They're capable of it. We've seen them share the ball. We talked about it in you know recapping the Georgia Tech game. They've shared the ball very well here recently, but you still turn the ball over 13 times the other night. You cannot do that in this game if you want to win because this team will make you pay. They will make you pay in transition. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. These guys are capable of it, but now it's about going out and doing it against a team of the caliber of Miami. Despite Carolina being on the road, despite Carolina being on the road against the number one team in the ACC as of today, the ESPN Basketball Power Index still gives Carolina a 58% chance to win the ballgame. The last time I we entered a road game was at Notre Dame, was coming off the win at Boston College. I felt really, really good about Carolina, and I predicted Carolina to win the game. Flash forward, they lose that game at Notre Dame. They come, they come back three days later. They throttle Virginia. They take a week off. They blow out Georgia Tech. Naturally, I'm feeling pretty good about Carolina once again. People were hesitant to call the win over Michigan a signature win, a win over Georgia Tech, his first ACC game on the road, a signature win. Even last week's win over Virginia, because Virginia's down this year, a signature win. Carolina goes on the road, and they beat a team that's 13-4 and and 5-1 and in the ACC. That's a signature win. That's something that you can point to and say, our preparation, our practice, and our performance, this is the results that we're capable of getting. I think Carolina's going to win because the defense is now starting to come more naturally to them. That game against Georgia Tech was over midway through the second half, and they didn't take their foot off the gas defensively. They could have. Wouldn't have blamed them. Game was over. You're up 30. That team still competed. That 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 means it's starting to resonate. It's starting to become a, a natural habit to give effort for as close to 40 minutes as possible on the defensive end of the court. I think Carolina's going to get their points because Miami does give up 73 points per game. So they're going to be able to get to the 75 threshold, I think. And I think it's the first one to 75 to 80 is going to win the game. And even if it's you got to get to 85 or 90, I still trust Carolina's offensive firepower just a little bit more. Well, this is a really big week for Carolina. At Miami Tuesday night, at Wake Forest Saturday night. Mm -hmm. You get two road wins against those two types of teams, you're really going to be feeling really good about yourself. But you got to get one before you get the second. And I think Carolina gets one single digits, but I think they get a win on the road in Miami. Yeah, no, no look ahead factor in this one. I, I don't think at all. Um, they they know they they should know going into this game that this is one of the toughest games that you play going forward. And again, one of their thing. I mean, they do have one road loss to Notre Dame, but outside of that, their struggles have been in neutral sites. So they've still, for the most part, taken care of business on the road. I mean this this will be this will be a good environment that they're going to be going into against Miami so they've got to be prepared for that. But yeah, I, I like this backcourt the way they're playing right now. 
I think they'll have the slight advantage, and I, I think it's I, there's just going to be too much Armando Baycott to mm-hmm. slow down. The way he's been playing recently, the fact that, you know, 20, 20 points or more in three straight games, 12 or more rebounds in three straight games, this team that in Miami struggles to rebound the basketball. Carolina should be able to take advantage of them inside. I think they will. Baycott also shooting much better at the free throw line. I think this could be another one of those nights where he gets there a lot. And I think I'm with you. I think it'll be it'll be a hard fought game. This will be one of the first times here in 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 a while where the blood pressure will be a little bit high, but it will result in the Carolina win. I like them as you said by single digits over Miami to get. Yes, what is definitely a signature win. If it's in quad one, signature signature win. win. Well, there you go, guys. With Anthony and myself predicting a Carolina victory, I'll be getting you ready over on the website, HeelToughBlog.com. You can go back and check out the Georgia Tech coverage. But as I said, Miami preview will be up Monday or Tuesday, depending on work, as I'll get you ready for the game against the Hurricanes, and I'll recap the game after that game goes final as well. And I'll have an article up later in the week about Carolina's ACC or Carolina's NCAA tournament standing as we, as of today, are eight weeks away or two months away from the NCAA tournament bracket being unveiled. As for the football side of things, you can go back and check out uh, Anthony's uh, article about comments made by Gene Chizik and Charlton Warren as they were introduced as uh, new position coaches for Carolina. Weekly storylines are back for Tar Heel football as we are back in off-season mode after a 6-7 and seven disappointing season. But we'll keep you covered on football as well, getting ready for the NFL draft and all that great stuff. So get over to the website, heeltoughblog.com, for all your great Carolina football and basketball coverage. As for the podcast, you know where to find us. We are on the Basketball Podcasting Network. We host through Megaphone. You can find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. You name it, the Four Corners Podcast is there. Give it a like. Give it a review. But most importantly, we do encourage you, encourage you to hit that subscribe button. That way you get every great podcast, every great interview right there in your podcast library. Well, it is going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. I do want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.